Just before we get into it, I need to ask you guys, are you feeling thirsty? I've got you covered. This episode is sponsored by Beer52 and they're offering a free case of eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash fig and cover the £5.95 for postage. That's eight beers for the £5.95 postage, which I think is a bloody good deal. So head over to beer52.com forward slash fig to join the monthly beer club and you can cancel any time you like. That's beer52.com forward slash fig. This podcast is also sponsored by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. For the first time, you can now check out a free tour of the members content before you sign up. Just go to the homepage and click on the Take the Tour button to see a whole month of player scouting from this season and some sample members articles too. As an exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with a 25% discount on your first month with code FIG25. So that's over on footballindextrader.co.uk and the code is FIG25. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 139. We're joined by two very, very special guests, one being the returning CEO and founder of Football Index, Adam Cole. How are you doing? Fantastic, Pat. Great, great to be back. Uh, but yeah, lovely to hear your dulcet tones uh, again. <laughs> lovely to hear yours also. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm assured that yours is a much more soothing and dulcet tone than mine. Uh, we're also joined by a debutant and a recent addition to the Football Index team, uh, Akash, CTO of Football Index. How are you doing? Hello, Pat. Thanks for, very much for having me on. Um, you, you're going to have to go gentle with me. and you know, obviously debuting for the first time on this, uh, but I'm looking very much forward to the chat that's going to ensue. Oh, so am I. I mean, to be honest with you, after I heard you and Mike speaking on the official podcast, the official Football Index podcast, I said to myself, I need to get this guy on. But I mean, everyone knows who Adam is. Everyone knows Adam Cole, the CEO, founder of Football Index. If you're listening to this podcast, you know him and his background. But Akash, I suppose as a newcomer, it might be great to have a, the spotlight on you. Tell us where, where you've come from in the industry and why you decided to join Football Index and what your kind of mission is as the CTO of Football Index. But the first thing to say, and I'm going to might repeat some of the stuff that I said on that other mm. podcast with Mike. So you know, I expect a few yawns from some of the <laughs> listeners. But um, the way I sort of like started off answering that previously was that you know, when you look around in football index, you, you've got quite a variety of people with various skills and backgrounds. And you know, when I joined, it was like mostly the people that I spoke to had come from a gambling or, or gaming background. Um, and or e-commerce, um, and I was one of the few, very few that joined at that time from a financial services background, um, and, it's, and it obviously is really relevant because we've got mm. a trading platform here. Um, and so when I looked around, I thought this is super exciting because this is an opportunity to kind of like take everything I've ever learned about the creation of a trading platform and put it to use here mm. on a very novel. <laughs> Uh, use case, which is the trading of an asset class that never existed before I heard of it. 
Mm. So, um, so it, it was just too exciting to pass over. And luckily, <laughs> I kind of I grabbed onto uh, Adam shirt tails and kept grabbing and, and prodding and phoning him until he gave him a job. So I'm sorry about that, Adam, but I think hopefully I've paid you back a little bit. Oh, I'm hugely grateful you did, uh, Akash. I mean, we had, we had a lot of applicants for this job, but we were very focused on really trying to expand our skill set got a lot of people you know Mike and Kieran uh, and many others who are sort of embedded in gambling and understand that world extremely well um, but especially obviously as we're integrating with NASDAQ and we're we are really on a journey to creating a fully functioning market in an alternative asset class we really wanted to get somebody you know who got a real pedigree in um, financial markets, and that is exactly what Acash has got. So he's, you know, he's really had a huge impact um, on our tech team. We had a we had a thing called TechCon in November of last year, and I'm still really motivated by the picture in our offices of the whole of Acash's tech team, which he brought together. Some of them from disparate parts of the world didn't you Akash and we got a fantastic photograph which we must get out on social if we haven't um, of the whole team uh, you might say a little bit about that and what you did with the team actually oh no that was just part of uh, introducing me really because you know football index it was kind of like the, the detecting looked a bit secret it looked like they didn't exist but they <laughs> did just like we had loads of remote contributors working from all around the world. So we had like people in um, France and, uh, you know, Holland and Thailand. And so they, they were all kind of like had their specialist skill sets and had been contributing to the platform for many years. Um, and so what all I did was contact them all and say, look, we're going to be working together. So why don't we set a couple of days aside and all come over to the UK. So play for flights and stuff. But we also played for some t-shirts, right, to kind of glue us together. Because at that point, we'd also changed brands on the software development arm. Um, and so it was a bit of an introduction to the to me, the, the brand. And we talked a little bit about our vision for what we are going to do. And a lot of it was about, like, how we're going to communicate and what we're going to do in terms of architecture and product engineering. Um, and so that was kind of like the start of like lots of great conversations that came from that. Um, and then we got back round together in about January and just reflected on what we said and made some things happen. So now we're into the actioning. So we're moving forward now. And then we promised that we'd do it again. And obviously this lockdown has turned <laughs> up. And so it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime shortly. But uh, we're desperate to do it again, right? Because mm. now, that I mean, we turn up next time. We should be able to see like a, the growth of the team. Um, hopefully, some brains have grown as well, right? You won't see that quite clearly though. But um, uh, but the great thing is, is that you know, it's the company. It's like the the, the people who bring that platform together. Um, they've had to create a family for themselves. We we, we are a family, um, and so uh, this is a shared pursuit, right? So, um, and we've achieved some pretty interesting milestones so far so i mean i was know, gonna say you know you've been you've been chucked straight into the deep end haven't you well you know um i think 
we were probably going to talk about uh, the thing that we've just done recently, but before we get there and it steals all the thunder, I wanted to go back and, and just quite quickly pick up on a few milestones that, you know, the team have been going through. And this is not my credit, by the way, absolutely not mine. It's, it's, you know, the work is not done by me at all. Right. But this, we were struggling with a react delivery. Um, it was well promised and we, we turned it into a beta site, but we managed to focus and get that out. And that was like, you know, a really important milestone because that, you know, helped us to stop putting change into the old site, the Angular site, and then focus on React and mobile, which is the, the place that we wanted to be. Because what you'll see now is that most of the stuff that you see in the React site is kind of like double designed from a mobile first perspective, which is now great because it's stitching all of our user experiences together. Um, so, so that was key. Uh, and then we did a lot more around uh, behind the scenes a little bit more about stabilizing the platform and some of that's paying off now um, because we had some problems initially around scale and IPO um, and I'm you know you might want to cover this pet but we're going to sail through those now uh, in the sort of scale that we built ourselves and the level of IPO that we're expecting to come in the next Three to six months. I'll quote you. I think you said that about 37,000 people tried to get on uh, and buy Jude Bellingham at the same time. Have you Have you guys managed to, uh, are, you, are you prepared for, for that level of demand again? Well, we kind of create that for ourselves because it depends on the level of communication we put out before the IPO. So, um, so on that occasion, we were obviously banging a drum really loudly. Um, so there's a big take up, but we're going to get back there. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll probably want to talk about that. But the platform's ready. The platform is absolutely ready for that. And but it's just a question of like, what's the next best thing to do? Because, you could, you know, get, getting out with the matching engine, going through the COVID uh, period um, with, you know, so that state of confusion didn't really transpire to a time where we wanted to do IPOs, actually. So it wasn't really about the tech at that time. It was about like what's right for the for the platform. So, but we're ready. Um, and then, and then obviously we've been dealing with like, um, feed sources and the NASDAQ integration, and we can come on to that. But we, what happened in the last two or three months was a very clear, you know, a, a, you know, an open goal as it were for, um, you know, a mass transformation to the way that the platform works. And that's turned up or transpired in the, in the way of a bid engine. And um, so that was only phase one of a three or four phase kind of plan. And so that's turned out quite well. Um, and, and Congratulations almost, on that. It's been, it's been a fantastic success. So we have to go back to that thing we talked about, which is when we all got together, because we were talking about how we can come together as a team and execute against plans really well. Uh, and that's, this has been like, uh, a, an outcome of a result of a lot of work to get us to work really tightly together. And that's why, you know, we were able to pull uh, off not only the bid engine, but all of those complex uh, big changes coming to the platform that are going to come in the next two or three months as well. So, um, yeah, I think that bit's paying off. 
Well, I mean, some some amazing milestones have been hit since you've since you've arrived. You've you've seemingly had an amazing impact on on football index already, and I'm, I'm honestly so excited to see where we go. And you know, we'll dig into a lot of the points that you talked about there, the the IPOs, the the matching engines, further with with questions that we've got from the community. But before we get into it, I just need to plug the the Patreon that I've created, uh, where I'm creating premium content for patrons. If you guys want to check that out, head over to patreon.com forward slash fi guide. Early access to the podcast. Uh, and some other premium content alongside webinars etc so check that out patreon.com forward slash fi guide got some nice comments here from index canary on twitter congratulations on the growth and development of the business and product which is uh which is a, a nice a nice word or two from a lot of people but i chose index canaries one got miscellaneous question here from fi ben do you listen to the fig podcast regularly and do you follow what some of the high profile football index accounts tweet lots of great feedback to be used constructively I do. I, I haven't listened to them all, but I've listened to quite a few of them. And I think you do a fantastic job, Pat. Uh, it's really very professionally put together. Uh, anybody might imagine that you actually had a job doing podcasts. Uh, <laughs> um, Something like that. Yeah. Pat, I've been tuning into them recently cause, oh, because wow. when I was introduced to you, I, I had to obviously can't, couldn't turn up to this cold. Uh, <laughs> I had to find out, you know, what the, all, the, all the good stuff behind FIG. And I've been tapping into them, actually. You're really smooth, actually. I've got oh, to say thank that. You, thank you. I mean, thank you seem you. to have this, like, continuation of the conversation that it's really fluid. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm only learning at the moment. It um, is It is edited, though. Don't, you know, I can't take all the credit. I can't take all the credit because, uh, I mean, there was a bloopers episode that I released last Christmas, and you can uh, oh. you can go back and listen to that and, and hear uh, some of the mess oh, ups. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, now you I bet I'll be on peek that behind somewhere. the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> maybe i can't promise anything yeah. uh, you've given me a peek behind the curtain now is never going to be the same i'm never going to listen to it the same yeah. <laughs> right let's let's talk a little bit about covid because i think we, we mentioned it before it was obviously a really tricky time for you guys as, as it was for any business right but particularly for a, for a business that thrives with football coming on and being on in front of everyone's lives adam when when that kind of happened when it became a reality that in the uk we were going to be massively affected by this disease what were your first thoughts it seemed like the world was crashing down how hard was it to remain kind of positive optimistic and and calm during a situation like that yeah well i mean i think everybody got sort of slightly frozen in the headlights for a moment and of course you're you're thinking about so many different things you're thinking about your family and you know how this is going to impact you know kids that are going to school and a hundred different things um I mean, I can remember you know, when we decided not to go into the office and the milestone date for us really was mid-March. I mean, it was 13th of March when the Premier League, uh, as we were kind of expecting, I can remember having uh, some consultants in and they were speculating quite early on. They said, oh, I don't think the Euros are going to go ahead. You know? um, and that was really... That was really quite early March before anything happened. And I thought, ah, no, you know, it'll be fine. But on the 13th of March, obviously, the Premier League suspended all games and said they will not play before the 3rd of April, um, which seems like (laughs) a long time ago now. The, The markets had already started to take capital flight. So, you know, the FTSE and the S&P and NASDAQ and so forth. We're all coming off um, significantly. And of course, you know, cryptos are coming off even more. Um, 
And we thought, well, we're in our own little bubble. We're not directly related to the financial markets, but we we were realistic as to, you know, fear is extremely contagious. Um, and sure enough, um, fear really uh, was contagious on the 13th. So we saw instant sell being hammered. Um, and by lunchtime, we could see a snowball of, of panicked traders uh, starting to try and sell down at least some of their portfolio. So we had to take fairly drastic action and our risk team, I have to say, fortunately, we're all over it. And we, we made the decision to protect portfolios, which with hindsight was absolutely the right thing to do. It was applauded by a huge chunk of the community. Um, and I think we've been vindicated by subsequent events. But in doing that, we made an absolute commitment um, with Acash uh, to build ourselves a bids, a bids engine, which was on the one hand taking us a step closer to our ultimate goal of a fully functioning market. And at the same time, it was giving people an, an opportunity to get out of positions um, without having to rely on the sell queue. Now, you know, strangely and bizarrely in the sort of peculiar upside down Alice in Wonderland world of COVID, um, the sell queues actually came down. Um, this, I think, was in part, although, you know, people were stuck at home and cynically, you know, one could say that there was very little dividend-wise to bet on other than who was going to catch Corona virus next in the Premier League. Um, people did sit at home and, and get very involved with football index despite the lack of football and we saw really quite a lot of volume and the sell queues were cleared and um, in a sense there was for a while absolutely no real need for the bids engine because there was enough liquidity in the market in any event. But we had committed to build it. Um, Acash and the team did a fantastic job. I mean, that is how to get software developed. And it was quite complex. It covered uh, it, it really quite a huge spectrum of, of stuff, um, you know, communications, compliance, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. Um, plays a huge part in everything we do now. So it covers a really broad spectrum of stuff and Acash and the team did a fantastic job in delivering that to a very tight um, schedule. We, we did it outside of NASDAQ. So whereas we're building all of this functionality into our NASDAQ integration, um, Acash actually um, named this sort of baby uh, order book, bids order book, uh, LabStack um, as a sort of junior version of NASDAQ. The reason for that is that we, our holding company until recently was called Fame Ventures, which is um, a, ran a somewhat random name I came up with in 2012 when I formed the company. But it wasn't really 
fit for purpose or much fun as the name going forward. So, uh, we, in fact, it was the name that Akash came up with. Um, we've called ourselves Index Labs. So, LabsDAC is Index Labs junior version of NASDAQ. Uh, so, we did that. I mean, you know, there was chaos in the markets. I mean, the Philippines actually did close their financial markets down um, altogether during that period. Um, but we did transition to the new world extremely effectively during that period of time. And when we, as I indicated earlier, I mean, we had this um, hangouts meeting that lasted from about half past eight in the morning to half past eight at night. And we had about 20 people on that call and it was like NASA space control um, counting down to the go live uh, people in and out of that meeting and it just showed what you could do really with a remote team um, and it was massively exciting wasn't it Akash this thing went off like a Christmas tree yeah well one of the things that got said about I'm not joking I can remember this forever at eight minutes past three, we said, oh, the spread on Jaden Sancho is 1%, right? Like <laughs> eight minutes into the release, um, which in itself was like really you know, amazing to see. We thought that would take a week or so. It took eight minutes. Um, I mean, that, that, that really was it. I mean, Jaden Sancho was about 3% when we were providing the liquidity. And we, then, and we thought, oh, you know, it's going to take, you know, the... the the bids will slowly come in and the spread will tighten over time and uh, we'll be providing loads of liquidity, which ultimately there will be um, liquidity provided by designated liquidity providers um, who will be engaged to, to provide that, that function effectively. Um, but it, it, it just went incredibly quickly, um, which was fantastic. Just going back to the lockdown and COVID, um, I remember being in the office and we're talking about a promotion, right? What are we going to do next, right? And then conversation started happening and, and someone said, right? And it was Tade from the CRN team. What if the Euros don't take place? And I'm not, this is a, this is a demonstration of how quickly reality changes. I remember sitting there thinking, in what parallel universe would the Euros not take place? <laughs> I, I absolutely, genuinely believed that that was just absolutely the most, the, the most bonkers and bizarre thoughts someone could have. Um, but obviously, you know, time has played itself out and, you know, things moved really quickly after that. And just as I think Adam has just mentioned, markets started closing down, sentiments started falling away. I mean, several days later, I obviously was on side and thinking, wow, this is actually going to happen. But it just, just, that's a testament to how, how quickly everything had changed for us, right? So there are no euros now, right? Okay. But we did have a market and we just propped it up. And uh, just, I think I won't cover the same ground as Adam, but like, you know, that, we can go back over that story now. But it's kind of played itself out in a really wonderful way. We did have to prop it up. It to, to be you know, the other thing that we mustn't forget in all of this is that the, there was quite a bit of propping up, and it was quite costly in terms of dividends and so forth. 
from our end. But we had to make that complete commitment. Okay, we're not going to see any football for a while. Um, we've got to make, you know, we've got to nurture this market and make sure that we can really take care of it. Um, and, and we did that through incentives to some extent. I think it was probably, I think I'm quoting uh, Football Index SOTD, who was on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. He said it's the best offer that you guys have ever done. So, um, I, I mean, there was nothing else to bet on. That is one of the other things that probably encouraged a lot of the money to come into. And I suppose a lot of the things that were done by the government in terms of uh, the furlough scheme and kind of uh, allowing people a lot of more flexibility with their finances meant that it all culminated, all these variables culminated in essentially what became a very thriving market. And I suppose, Akash, you talked about that open goal that you had with the MEs. I mean, how when was the original uh, plans to implement the market uh, or the the lab stack, as you call it, and, and how much? quicker did that happen than anticipated due to covid pet i'll be honest with you labstack had no name no concept no diagrams or even a thought concept until we were several weeks in wow. to the lockdown so um between talking about it for the first time and actually seeing Jaden sancho go to one percent spread was eight weeks so we worked pretty fast uh to get that out um but but the thing is, we almost did that to protect the main plan. So we wanted the, the protecting the main plan is all about this, right? We want a fully functioning market on a very mature um, matching engine um, infrastructure, which we can get from NASDAQ that are partnering with us on this. So, I mean, there's it's quite a long list of good stuff coming from that. So we'll not only just see bids on an order matching engine, but we'll see the other side of that too, right? Um, and we'll have collars and we'll have time in force, which will be like you can set your um, order, your bid or your offer for a certain, you know, it'll, it will last a certain time. Uh, you'll be able to cancel them. And there's conversations about allowing amends in certain situations. But, you know, that's coming down the line. But, but the whole infrastructure for NASDAQ allows this. And then IPOs will be different too, right? So there'll be like, there'll be setting your preferences for what you would pay ahead of time. So I don't want to say too much. This is all like good stuff coming out in the product roadmap. Um, you know, the, the stuff that we've got to promote as, as we promote the product. And ultimately it gives us greater control in pricing for fair market value for players. Um, and so the whole thing then, because of the, the that infrastructure support from NASDAQ, turns into a fluid self kind of perpetuating market um, and I know that there's this great, great amount of comfort for, you know, football index to prop up that market. But I'm almost going to put this out there and I'm just saying that it won't need it with enough liquidity being provided. But in, interesting trading opportunities that arrives from great spreads and fluid liquid markets. Um, I think it will just self-perpetuate um, and we can watch it, you know, watch it from the sides or get or participate within it. And it'll be op it'll be an optional thing for for many people. Yeah, that that sounds so exciting. I mean, it is amazing that you guys basically 
uh, created the Heat in eight weeks, and it's it's worked almost flawlessly. I I, I know it's the MVP, and uh, a lot of the guys in the design and, and product and engineering team are working on on small bits of functionality. But it is truly amazing that you guys have done that in house in eight weeks. So so hats off to you. But I mean, along the lines of some of the things that we've just talked to about, I, I suppose there's some more difficult questions to answer, and it's not always positive. So I'm going to read out four questions that have the kind of same similar sentiment and feel to them, and they're follow-ups to your to your q a adam uh, so sotd says how can fi encourage the long-term bet in line with the responsible gambling message and then continue to add uncertainty or change the fundamental game rules and then football index buzz says do you have a time in mind where users will a will be able to know with and with certainty that there'll be no more major changes media needs improving and ob is coming in it's great but after that a period of stability with no changes confirmed would be great uh, would be great further prosperity of the platform, in my opinion. Fi Lambing says to Adam Cole, your Q and A seemed to introduce a lot of uncertainty around medium performance scoring, in particular the tabloid free comment and PB matrix changes. Can you confirm you won't be drastically changing the two things that give our bets underlying value this summer? Then Alan Cooper, I think, uh, had a really really good question here. He said. I regularly hear about people with big money or having money lying around not willing to put it into football index due to lack of certainty and a clear roadmap. Can a clearer roadmap be represented and perhaps more easily? Can we get a PB fixed, PB matrix fixed for three plus years to increase confidence? So I suppose all of those are culminating after the Q&A, Adam, uh, regarding potential uncertainty in the market. And I suppose, Akash, from your uh, uh, financial services background we all know that uh, uncertainty can be the greatest killer in markets so and i suppose adam it's very hard to kind of respond and have long conversations on twitter there's it's hard to uh create tone you only get a set amount of characters so do you want to talk through through some of these things uh, yeah yeah the, for sure the, the i mean there, there are a few of them there so i think you you've quoted sure. about four of them so i'll try and <laughs> I'll, I'll try and work my way through i might forget one one or two so do to prompt me again but, uh, you know, I think the first one was about a responsible gambling message um, and long-term bet um, and uncertainty around fundamental game rules. So, I mean, a long-term bet and responsible gambling message, I think they, they work perfectly in tandem. I think um, we've demonstrated that we are a much softer, less digital outcome than regular betting. And that's why we have such sort of passionate community around our platform in that we just don't sweep the stake off the table uh, and so forth. So it is a long-term bet on the future performance of footballers. Um, but if you, if you don't win the dividend, you don't lose your stake. Um, now around uncertainty, which is a common theme running through uh, a few of those comments. I mean, it's um, it's a difficult one because on the one hand, there are those people that don't want any change, and there are those other people that are screaming for change. That um, you know, they want the media monitor to be um, a better and more robust piece of kit, and they want changes which are you know they want better attribution of footballers in the media monitor they want the sentiment analysis to work better um so that it's a better selection of words and 
none of those words might be confused with the names of players. Um, and then there are question marks around some of the outlets. So you know, some of the tabloids, um, people like the Express, you know, they have a tendency to spawn a whole load of other satellite pages which kind of skew the results to some extent. And that was really what we were alluding to on the Q&A. Um, so we've actually got a survey going out this week um, that is um, trying to get feedback on a, a host of these different things that some people feel very passionately must be changed, whereas others are crying out for no change. And, you know, we're riding two horses. And of course, the one thing you know for sure is that it's that those that want change tend to be the most vociferous. It's the ones, they're the, they're the sort of, um, there's a shouty minority that, <laughs> that, um, that wants to make their voices heard. Uh, and it's a difficult balancing act between those two things. So that really covers mm. off the media piece. Fundamental game rules. Um, we've, we've changed the T's and C's recently uh, and the game rules just to allow for the bids engine. Um, we announced ages ago that it was our intention to add uh, buy and sell order books into the platform. And um, so there's no surprises there, but for us to do that in the extraordinarily compliant um, world that we inhabit now, um, we've just become a tier one operator. And with it has come an enormous amount of um, compliance scrutiny. Uh, this is in part because we are a completely unique product. Um, to be honest, the Gambling Commission doesn't fully understand uh, all the uh, ins and outs of our business model and our platform and is taking a great deal of interest in it. Um, and as a consequence, we are extremely conscientious about everything we do. So we can't add um, a bids engine without changing the game rules. I don't think that creates a great deal of uncertainty. It's just as we have um, committed to some while ago, we're adding um, a, um, a buy order book into the platform. Um, so you know, we're, we're trying to keep it locked down. We, you know, we, we want to provide certainty. And I'll just say before I let Acash jump in, it is very much um, on our roadmap to publish our roadmap. And going forward, um, there will be a lot more transparency about how all of the elements of the platform, ranging from things like the price curve, you know, how these actually work. So there's more certainty around the pricing mechanism. Akash, do, do jump in with anything you want to add to that. Yeah, around the uh, the game rules. Now, this is a tricky one. 
because if you ask some other people who've been in this industry for a while, um, game rules change all the time, right? Um, and so what what we've done to to be good or happy with that prospect is that we have in our game rules that we can only change the game rules in less than 30 days if it is for the benefit for the of the of the uh, of the end user so that's good right because we can now change the game rules to say hey you got bids then it's good for you right but if it's not if it's a detractor we had to spend the 30 days right and give you fair warning um and we've not we can't and that slows us down and we can't we can't envisage a time where we'd want to beat that because it's, it's the right thing to do. So hopefully people can take solace in that uh, approach. Um, but we do need to be able to change them. Otherwise, how are we going to move fast to get you the other good stuff that we just talked about? And then for the roadmap, I mean, this is a, I mean, it's a good question, right? So in the past, obviously, as a kind of like emerging organization, a challenger brand, we've only been able to, you know, sometimes you know when something's coming up and sometimes it surprises yourself when you're ready to go, right? So a roadmap is not the easiest thing to handle in that time. But now we're a tier one operator, we kind of got to get clarity as to what we're aiming at and what we're going to deliver in which sequence. So there's a lot of work going on on that, Pat, Pat. And um, there's, you know, we'll be having a board meeting in July to finalize that rubber stamp it. And once we're all agreed to it, it's going to be something that, we won't be able to keep to ourselves because we'll be excited about it. Um, and it'll be realistic. It'll be based around the resources that we have to get, get it, get those, um, those changes out. So, uh, so we, this is the dawn of like a new way of operating as well, like keeping close to the community. Mm. I think, I think um, on the certainty point, just if I can circle back on that, I think with MB, I think Media Buzz, we can all agree that perhaps that was kind of the proof of concept for you guys right at the start of the, the journey with Football Index. And that is no longer fit for purpose. I think, Adam, you've, you've mentioned that quite a few times. And I think 99% of the community agree. It's probably like a two out of 10 right now in terms of how fit for purpose it is. So it clearly needs improvement. The PB matrix, on the other hand, I suppose a lot of people would argue that it might be a, a seven out of ten and eight out of ten and it could be improved but it it might not need to be if that makes sense so i suppose in terms of the certainty side of things with the, the game rules changing and the intrinsic value of bets it's more to do with kind of the uh the underlying value of the players changing rather than the um the kind of game rules changing from a from a bidding perspective or how you guys launch ipos i think for me and, and i don't know i don't speak on behalf of everyone but as a trader i always feel that um if there was a lot more certainty this product would from a market standpoint flourish in terms of the amount of money that would go into it and i also think that for me it's more important about actually having a line down in the sand rather than whether or not things will not change or won't change if that makes sense so we knew the mb matrix was going to be changing we knew that that sentiment scoring analysis would change etc how many uh you know articles the express can maybe attribute to for one given day might change all those things could change but i think having that kind of uh, rubber stamped this is where we are these are the game rules and then you know this is where we're going to be for the next 18 months or 36 months whatever it may be i really do think that would inspire an amazing amount of money coming into this market and i i don't know if you, you want to speak to that a little bit akash and adam well just on the performance matrix and i think you're probably about right it is um I think about seven out of 10. Um, and to be honest, we have 
especially in the compliance department, um, you know, we have a tech team devoted pretty much solely um, to compliance integration, uh, which is a huge story all on its own. So, and that has meant as a lot of people who have been fantastic at actually responding to the new thresholds that we've had to um, commit to with the Gambling Commission. Um, and people have been really good at returning documents and it's, um, it's so important to us. And most of them realize that it really is not just us trying to be tiresome, but that it is just like in the financial markets, it's the world we live in these days where um, anti-money laundering, affordability issues, safer gambling issues are absolutely paramount. And if we're here for the long haul, we have to embrace that and put it at the heart of everything um, that we do. Uh, so we, we, we're devoting a lot of time to that uh, particular um, piece of the business. Um, you know, that NASDAQ consume, and as you get bigger, um, it's not like somebody in their front room knocking up a website. Um, it, there's a lot more to the iceberg than anybody ever sees, and that's why you know, these tech companies, there is a tendency to have to move more slowly with scale because there is exponentially that much more to do as that scale um, increases. So we, you know, we're asking people if they'd like us to change the performance matrix. There are a few very vociferous people that think that it's hugely important. We suspect it's probably about a seven, as you've indicated for most people, and that they would probably be happy to wait till next season for that change. Um, but we want to lock down as many, you know, we've never, um, we, we've never decreased the dividend over the last four and a half years that we've operated. I will introduce a concept that we are probably going to have to embrace as a, as a company going forward. Whereas all um, our bets are three-year bets, um, it is likely that we will have to commit in our T's and C's to publishing a new uh, set of dividends every year. Uh, and that um, from, you know, we're now in with one of the big six accounting firms, um, it, you know, our revenue recognition policies um, are, are quite a serious matter. Um, and that is a, a, a commitment that we're likely to have to make. So at the beginning of every season, um, it's likely that we will publish a new chart and it will be the chart for that season. Um, and uh, it may be exactly the same chart as the previous season, but it will be a new, a new chart. And for us to thrive as a business, which is in, all our interests uh, and to grow and to take this to the next level. Um, and 
we, you know, none of us are floating about on yachts in, in, in the Mediterranean, uh, I can assure you. No single penny has been taken out of this business by way of a dividend um, by any shareholder at any point. And I don't envisage that to happen any time in the near future either. Um, you know, all the money this company uh, generates is ploughed back into the business without exception. Um, you know, so for us to grow, this is probably uh, a change that we will have to embrace going forward. Um, but certainty is, um, you know, is at the core of, you know, we want to be transparent in every, we want to be fair and transparent in everything we do, basically. Mm. I really do think, like, uh, just before you go into it, Akash, like, I really do think, you know, if there's however many millions of pounds in this market, you'd see an absolute mass influx if there was some kind of clear uh concise clarifications given around those points and i mean final question uh for me before akash gets gets into uh what he was going to say do, do we have like a do, do you know if we'll have a date and on when we will see more clarity on those things going forward i mean specifically you, you know the performance matrix is the performance matrix as it is i mean we will only change it. Uh, I mean, we're completely agnostic as to whether it changes. If people want it to change badly enough, we will change it. Um, but if people want it to remain the same, I think it will, whatever we do will broadly speaking result in the same set of players winning the, you know, the match day dividends every day. Um, and, so I think the result is going to be the same. With the media monitor, all we're doing is trying to make that a, a, a better um, engine than it is today. And I don't think anybody would uh, take exception to that. So what, are the, what is the other certainty that people are uncertain about? I think it's uh, I think it's mainly the uh, media buzz and performance buzz uh, kind of uh, matrices. I think if those two were kind of okay, let's say I don't know the media buzz matrix was changed. You guys, I've got we've got a question about it next coming up, but you guys made it go from a two out of ten to a to a nine out of ten, and those two things were set in stone for. 12 to 24 months i think that's the type of uh clarity and certainty people are looking for uh in my opinion but akash sorry i rudely interrupted you so no, it's okay because like i'm looking at this slightly from a different angle and i would say that you know what when you look at the game rules you know you put the game rules out there and then you have like these tables which are the dividend table or the the, the media buzz or the performance buzz I think it's like for individual players to look at those and make an assessment of their best trading opportunities around those, right? And they may change, but like, so that when you're in the market, no one, no one can absolutely guarantee you certainty. You're in a market. So you've got to second guess it. So what we can do is give you the tools to be able to have a strategy within the market. Um, and so that's the, that's the real thing I would like to talk about. It's like, what are those tools that we need to supply? Because, just as Adam said, is like everyone's got the same rules applied to them, right? So the media buzz is the media buzz rules, and 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 the same for, for for performance. So those are set, 
And so people will jostle and change their portfolios to adapt around them. And the same for when football goes away or when it returns. It's kind of like there's not going to be certainty in too many places. And that's the fun. That's the, mm. that's the great game mm. that we're going to play. Of, of course, but when, when you say that there might be a, a bit more to go from a football index standpoint, from a company standpoint, into allowing traders to have more concrete set tools, to use your, uh, to use your analogy. For example, with Media Buzz and, and PB, other, other, you know, they're the biggest thing that give players intrinsic value. There's IPDs, of course, as, as well having those more uh, set in stone or at least having the, the the clarity in the near future would, would allow traders to have those tools uh, and use those tools more effectively? I mean, I would say we, we'd be delighted not to change the pair because I mean, we've got a load of other things to do. So uh, if we were to leave them as they are, uh, there would be no complaints from our tech team. Uh, that's for sure. So, I mean, we're really just trying to respond to to our users and um, uh, and to their feedback. So I, I, I kind of think the likely outcome, we've committed actually just to making the media monitor better and turning it from a two. I don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, that you know, is going to create any uncertainty in the platform just by mm. making those results making it better. more predictable. So mm. you know, the results will be more predictable, not less predictable as a result of it. Akash, sorry, I, th- I think you had some final, final words before we move on to this question. Well, the other thing is around tooling. Yeah, around tooling is like, you know, there's definitely an urge to get better data. I mean, like, so, I mean, the, the React platform went out with an amount of stats, which are maybe useful, maybe not. There's a lot more stats that can go on about, you know, some of this trading performance, uh, sentiment, et cetera. So, you know, those are things in the, that probably end up in a longer-term view of what we can do in the platform. But they're all there in trading platforms, and they can all be obviously surfaced within the Football Index platform. So, and that's what gives traders tools, right? When you have tools, you can, you can try and get your edge on the market. And that's kind of, I think that's where the kind of the dynamic will start ending up in rather than this kind of like constant that we want. We don't, you know, you, you will start leaving behind the paradigm of a constant of football index and, and start riding the dynamism of how it changes. Right, because we'll give you the tools to ride those changes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think everyone agrees that, that change has to happen for this to go to become a multi-billion pound market. But I, I guess it's how we get there. There, there is the the variables that could, uh, I, I don't know, maybe be done in, in a more smooth way than some people uh, uh, anticipate. Uh, I mean it now. So as the, as the game rises and as the, as the, as the pie gets bigger, you could just obviously heard Adam there talking about one of the big six consultancies coming to help us with our accounting practices. Well, that's happening everywhere, right? So tier one operator. So, you know, get you have to bring out some nicer biscuits now for when the Gamcom comes to visit you, right? You can't get away with the rich teas anymore. So and then this is happening everywhere, right? And as a result of that, small changes affect us heavily. So we are really, really honed in on those kind of like very, very careful decisions that have to be made. And we're talking about them all the time at great depth. So I don't think we're sucking it and seeing anymore. If I let you, you know, if that brings any comfort. 
And every one of those kind of like minute tweaks has to have quite a lot of kind of introspection about, you know, how it plays out over one to three years as well. Yeah, just to add, if there was one certainty bit that I think will make the biggest difference as we move into the NASDAQ world and as, as we do that, uh, we're broadening out our demographic to include a host of people from you know small uh, hedge funds, uh, corporates, liquidity providers, market makers, uh, traders. You know we have to make it absolutely clear that this is um, a, a market in bets. Um, what the nature of that alternative asset is, and we have to keep underlining under underlining that the asset, this alternative asset class, is a bet that is being traded in a sports person who happens to be a footballer in this instance. So, but if there was one thing that I would like to create certainty around, it's the pricing mechanism. So at the moment, you know, we have been for four and a half years a slightly quirky fixed odds betting operator um, that cashes out bets early under certain um, conditions, uh, which are either that it's at a, an instant sale published price that we've published, or that you find somebody in the sale queue um, to match your bet. Um, but there is no, in the sale queue, you have no control over what price you're going to get, and, and there's no visibility as to really how that price is determined. But as we go forward into this new world, you know, I would like to have transparency around our pricing algorithm by which shares are issued um, and how that works. Um, you will be able to see the depth of market. So these people who will be very particular about that and, and how about price discovery, um, I'm hoping to give them a lot of satisfaction around how price is discovered. And of course, the other part of it is, yes, everybody has to know with certainty um, how the wind mechanic is delivered and have that sort of you know, nailed down and, and absolutely solid. Um, yeah, something else we've been working on, uh, it's still um, an early stage, but we're looking at being able to provide insurance for, for portfolios. So there's an obvious one, um, which, you know, sadly with Salah um, recently really focused our minds on it. And of course, in the football industry as a whole, there's quite a lot of it. So obviously football teams ensure all their players. So we're looking at um, life insurance around uh, players in portfolios. So if, some, if tragically, um, a player dies, um, portfolios can be insured. But we're looking also to extend that across insurance for specific um, risks, which might be um, uh, regulatory risk. Um, it might be um, uh, InfoSec, uh, might be uh, technical breach, technical failure. We're sort of refining this list now so that if, your portfolio um, uh, suffers as a result of any of those specified fail failures, then it, it will be insured 
to some degree. And you know, I think that's quite nice. I mean, we won't get involved in that insurance product whatsoever ourselves. I mean, we're not selling it. If, if, if traders want it, it will be available. We won't be taking um, uh, any kind of commission or, or anything for, for providing it. I mean, all we would like to do is make sure, certainly in the case of Amelia Seller, that, I mean, this time round, we just um, refunded everybody's shares in, in, in Amelia Seller. But of course, with that, a top 10 player, that gets to be quite a, diff a difficult position to, to be in. So we're looking at, at, at creating a more grown-up and rounded product from all perspectives. Amazing. That sounds great. Um, I've got a question here from FBI Trader. He said, would love clarification on what work has been done regarding media from the last media survey that was done. The comments from the Q&A about tabloids potentially being removed from media surprised me. It would be better to leave it as it is and take an average score from each outlet. This guy, FBI Trader, has done some amazing work, by the way, Akash. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter. You should check him out. But he's essentially been able to uh, code a way to scrape RSS feeds so you can include the first and second name uh, to be attributed to the media bus scoring which would obviously be something that intuitively maybe happens in the next media reform but um how, how hard at work is the team in uh, in kind of refining and reforming this this part of the product oh yeah so um i think adam mentioned some of this stuff earlier in that the first thing to do is get a survey out so the surveys are uh, you know i think getting published now um, and we want to see those responses. Yeah, that's really key for us because it's very easy for us to get like kind of uh, ride a, a strong opinion and, and take the product that way. And that's not kind of really what we want to do. Um, but then in the re rebuild of media, um, we will be looking at like the capability to have a wider range of RSS feeds. Um, we will be looking at more, being more sharp about search words um, and making sure we don't have collisions with footballer uh, names, uh, which we've had, we've suffered from that in the past. So those are like, there's, there's some strong reasons to rebuild from the ground up, uh, which is what we're going to do. And there's not a lot of time to do it before the new season, but that's, ex we are absolutely gunning for it. Um, so that's a new priority that we've really pushed right up the pipe. There's um, a real, real commitment that the integrity of the results do not change. So, it will deliver exactly what it's designed to deliver and nothing different from that. So we're only looking to you know, buff off some of the rough edges so that results that are not designed to be delivered are not delivered. Um, and, and that's the big fix. The big fix is forget the false positives, right? Because they take... But after cleaning those up, you're losing confidence with people, and we just want that to go mm, away. Mm. Can I ask a question, Akash? There's been a lot of uh, chat in the community about how hard it'd be to translate foreign articles and foreign outlets and then have them integrated into the, the, the platform. Is that something that's become a, a bit of a hurdle for you when you're thinking about all this? No, no, this is the story you've got to deal with, <laughs> right? So if we're going to stay, stay UK-bound, then probably don't have to worry about that too much. But you, you know, Pet, that... You know, we've already started thinking about how how we expand and share this, you know, in other regions. Um, so we're going to end up having to do with language. So, um, I mean, 
I, I mean, uh, that, that kind of leads on very well into the next question from Cole. He says, uh, people have been excited by Germany joining the index and have bought Bundesliga players. From your Q&A, it appears likely pooled liquidity won't happen. Could you have communicated this earlier? Do you understand people's concern on the growth if there is no pooled liquidity? I mean, is it, is me, it tough for you? Yeah, uh, yeah, Go I mean, on, Adam. It, it is difficult. And to be honest, uh, it was our intention to have pooled liquidity. Um, it, the, from a regulatory point of view, it's complex. Um, we've said very little about it because it is complex. Um, and that's without any of the um, currency issues, which are, I would say a less significant issue. But from a regulatory point of view, um, we're still seeking advice on that. And so we've said nothing about it because we don't want to raise people's hopes and we don't want to mislead people. Um, so uh, you, people mustn't jump to assumptions on that. We're going to see massive growth in this platform through the NASDAQ integration. Um, that you know, we have a three-year exclusive deal with NASDAQ um, under terms of which they can't do anything similar to what they're doing with us for a three-year period. It is going to have, I believe, a very significant impact at the top end of the market. Um, we are in no way going to be sacrificing, you know, what is the heart of football index, I guess, which is a, a platform for um, for football fans. But everything that we might have got from Germany, uh, you're going to see coming in. Um, from that demographic um, once we have integrated their stuff. From a business perspective from you guys, what is the, because I've been speculating about this in, in my shows and, and talking about it with people in the community, what is the benefit for you guys uh, expanding with not pooled liquidity? I suppose a cash, you'd need more technical people to maintain another platform and you'd need more customer service people who speak that language and supposedly you know people who, who handle that platform as a separate entity not a separate entity but a separate platform essentially so, so pet whether it was pooled liquidity or 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 segregated liquidity we still have to deal with language and currency so that's a, that's an is right um so the question comes down to like whether you're going to pool or not right? and i think adam's already covered that there's a huge range of kind of procedural problems whether they're regulatory or kind of regional that create problem for us in, in sharing liquidity. But I have given it a lot of thought and I'm trying to think, you know, in all the things I know about like equity markets where there's, where, where there's an exchange that does this and there isn't one that absolutely, someone could call in and pull, correct me here, right? But there isn't an exchange that can deal with currency language and multiple regions from one singular place, right? So I'll give you like a, you know, um, give you a, a parallel here if i wanted to buy apple shares i have to change my money into dollars and buy them off the nasdaq exchange i can't buy it off the london stock exchange it doesn't work that way right so so we're not so when we create this it's not going to be too dissimilar to kind of like no existing market infrastructures um is that something that you know we're proud of maintaining the status quo no not really because we wanted to change the world with the way we do this, right? Um, but actually, we, it's also dawned on me as to why it's not so easy to do that. Um, and, it, and it does come down to these barriers 
of like um, you know region and regulation. And so, so we don't want to take on that monster. But and in trying to do so, we might might neglect to focus on the thing that absolutely matters, which is to give those other regions an opportunity to share in this fund. That's what's most important. Now, if we can achieve that, there are other things that can come along, right? Which could be fun for um, people who understand football index, which will be the the ARB opportunities, right? So those might turn up at, at the same time. And so it will create a different kind of dynamic on the market too. So let's not just think that, you know, we're missing out uh, by not sharing that liquidity. You know, there could be different things that turn up as, as interesting mm. things. Yeah, I, I think obviously you guys want to have a platform where the liquidity is shared to to, to create this, uh, to make this market as big as it can be. If it's impossible, of course, from a regulatory standpoint, for any other technical reasons, then uh, so be it. But I, I think a lot of the concern has been from users that they've um, been placing these bets with the thought of uh, the kind of globalization of Football Index and with Ireland. New Zealand, uh, Canada, and formerly Sweden on board. I think a lot of people just thought that any other uh, territories that were "quote unquote" conquered would be part of the same platform as they are now. Well, we just actually, it, it, we, we just want to be responsible and not raise people's hopes. So we have to be so careful about our comms now uh, and and not give um, information that can be misinterpreted and. You know, people have very long memories, I know. So we, we, at this point, we can really just say nothing about Germany uh, because I would urge people to at least consider that this market has a huge ceiling to it uh, still in the UK. I mean, we still only scratch the surface of what um, this alternative asset class can achieve uh, in this territory alone. Got a question here from Fi Julio from the Discord. This might be one for you, Akash. Actually, the next two might be for you. Uh, he says, "When are IPOs returning, and are they using the current system?" Yes, the answer is yes. I mentioned this earlier in this uh, podcast. The system absolutely can crunch through IPOs. There were a, there were a few things we had to tune up. Um, the team would be busy getting that done and testing it. We had a kind of a damp squid IPO a week or two ago, and that was kind of just to test the water. Um, we're, we're ready for it. Um, the one that we had to do kind of more recently was just to make sure that, well, with bids in the platform that, and IPOs going on at the same time, that the user experience is okay. Um, and we'll, we'll be fine on that. So I think we've got the green tick on that. So it's all now down to the schedule, right? So clever people will go to work and look at the list of candidates, and the sequence in which we're going to uh, enable those and the price points that they go out on. And um, so we're, we're back in action. Amazing. And what will the future IPO process look like? I presume you've had some conversations around that with when you go to, you know, ME stage two, three, four, or full integration with NASDAQ. What, what do you envision well, them looking well, like? Well, right now it's, it's not going to be too different to, to kind of what we have done. We, we announce and then we give you a time and then suspend the market around that player and we, we, we launch, right? But, there are more interesting things that will happen with NASDAQ uh, in that we'll have a pre-IPO bidding process, which you could like, um, you know, you can lodge where you're happy to place a bid around that player. And that will naturally create the price it goes live with. So a bit more on that later. 
because there's a lot more to be done in, in testing that and making sure it fits with the product and, and communicating that effectively. But there'll be more kind of like um, more market, sorry, behaviors a bit more akin to the kind of equity market. Uh, mm. well, that sounds really exciting. Sounds really exciting. I'm uh, buzzing to see all that in play. Uh, ben Q has a question here. Akash, are there any developments uh, you are working on to improve the platform's functionality and can you share them with us? And then, I mean, I wanted to know what the, the stages two, three and four look like of this uh, matching engine process. So of, in terms of like um, matching uh, and bids, well, well, obviously we, just, we talked about this earlier and we said like, you know, one of those stages is out, which is the bids, right? But there are other things that we, we need to kind of introduce uh, over time. Um, we're having very good conversations and deep conversations about offers. Um, as you'll understand, people who understand the platform and that offers will start to create a conflict around the cell queue. So we have to be very clear about how we're going to attack that. Um, so lots more deep discussions going on, uh, but we'll come out with a decision very shortly. But if it is the case that we want to, you know, press ahead with offers, um, that is de definitely a natural next step, you know, to segue into NASDAQ. And then when NASDAQ comes on board, there will be these very clear sort of distinctions where NASDAQ offers uh, both sides of um, the order book, which is bids and offers, but it also offers a new thing now, which is depth of market. So you'll be able to see what that order ladder looks like and how deep, uh, that pricing pool is around a player um, and then obviously affect your trading strategy likewise then we'll obviously like with those orders that come out and, and um, the nasdaq platform will be able to offer time in force so you can say how long you want your order to run for before it cancels off as well right so much more control uh, and then the last point really is around the IPO process. So there's some clear sort of definite points of uh, evolution there. And, um, you know, we're working on all of them at the same time um, because, you know, we, we, we can't wait for one to finish before we start thinking about the next <laughs> thing. They're so connected at the hip that we were thinking them all through. Um, but uh, that's that, this is on the horizon for the next quarter. Oh, amazing! So this is this is not something that will happen over the next two three years, but it's it's uh, probably in the near future. Oh, it's definitely in the near future. So what's happened with Nasdaq? Let, let me be honest with you. So Nasdaq was planned to be available around the June timeframe. So it's June now. So what's happened to it? Well, because we had to act quickly and do something with the baby product, the labs that product. We've kind of nudged it. We've pushed it because we've we've increased the scope of that project because it has to deal with that with with a with a world that already has orders has orders in it. If you if you understand my point, so so but that was kind of carefully understood as we as we did this. But because we found the need so great to you know give everyone a greater trading experience, we just went ahead with that. Um, but what we're now trying to do is make sure that other elements or the MVP for NASDAQ is out to market before the start of the season. So is that a concrete promise? Well, as much as we can make it, you know, obviously something can go wrong, but that's kind of where we're planning at the moment. Amazing, amazing. I mean, looking forward to see it. You've you've spoken with such great verve and uh, intensity and optimism. I, I love it. It's uh, it's it's great to to hear it, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. We'll be back shortly after this ad break. 
Just wanted to remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by Index Gain. If you go over to their website, indexgain.co.uk, and use FIG2020 when you sign up to their premium offering, you get five quid off your first month, or you get one month free and five pounds off your first month if you go for their six month deal. They have an amazing report, an array of reports on their uh, past PB scores, averages, and so much more data there that you guys definitely should have a look into. This podcast is also sponsored by the athletic they're a subscription-based sports site delivering in-depth sports coverage they feature amazing sports reporters such as david ornstein james pierce rather honigstein and uh, they have no ads or clickbait on it they're just amazing amazing articles so for 50 percent off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig and it's two pounds 49 a month if you go for their annual deal i've been buying loads of things recently that cost more than two pound 49 like the massive water pick the massive water flosser that i mentioned that that sent me back about 50 60 quid Thanks for nothing, Panda. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've got a couple marketing-related questions here, Adam. I'm sure you'll you'll love to get your teeth into these. Uh, fi underscore fpl addict to Adam Cole. What is fi's target market now and going forward as you ramp up advertising? And has that changed? And can you coexist uh, but be the best and biggest? with the other non-traditional football betting companies. And then FI and Tomic, Tonic says, what does their large marketing campaign look like? London-centric or wider UK? Heavy on social or more towards print? New sponsorship? And uh, he says, class getting these guys on the pod. So I thought, uh, I suppose, a pat on the back for me. But Adam, go into that a little bit. I mean, marketing, you said this is going to be your most aggressive budget this summer and that you want a 10x in the next two years. So how, how's that happening? We are trying to ride two slightly different horses with the introduction of NASDAQ. So there is that new demographic where we're becoming a credible um, alternative asset class for for those that, and I can't use the word invest, but um, who, who, who spend money in, in that area. Um, uh, at the same time, we are now, as we're a tier one operator, um, we are building brand as well. So quite a lot of our marketing activity is targeted around brand and retention. So for instance, above, above the line, things we do on the tube, things we do on television, um, that is allocated towards encouraging our exist and reminding our existing users that that they've got an account with us and that they should really um, uh, reactivate it if they haven't um, we've got a really significant number of open accounts not all of them um, are active in in one particular month I would say that you know we have of all our open accounts we have just under 50% who will buy a share in, in any one month. Um, so we're reminding those that may not be active and they're people that we've acquired over the last four and a half years. We're just reminding them to that, that we exist and that we're a very credible alternative to traditional betting. And a lot of our advertising is focused around that and that we really see ourselves as a, a safe alternative to 
regular betting. I mean, you know, all the surveys we've done, we've done a YouGov um, survey, um, was very dramatic. The number of people that said they would refer us to their friends and family rather than a traditional betting operator. Um, and that was also true of people saying that they felt that it was a safer environment in which to bet, and we are undisputably a betting product. Um, and they uh, felt that they were less at risk of losing money on our platform than with regular bookmakers. So, you know, we feel that we're steering people away from a, a, a more risky environment um, that has a, you know, um, uh, gaming, um, gambling problems lie at the, the heart of gambling problems really lies um, chasing losses. And to be honest, our platform is so glacially slow that um, we are at the other end of the spectrum from a FOBTI where you could, back in the days before the, the law changed in April, you could uh, you could lose 10 grand in you know a matter of five or less minutes. Um, it is not possible to do that on Football Index. So people are disinclined to um, fall into bad gambling habits on our platform because it's not possible to chase odds. And also that sort of addictive behavioural problem associated with gambling tends to revolve around instant gratification, being able to see, get an instant hit oh, I've won, oh, I've lost. And ridiculously, psychologically, um, it, it's the losing that is, a, is addictive because it gives you exactly the same dopamine hit as the winning does. Um, and we feel that we lie outside of that environment. And consequently, when it comes to problem gambling, which is a massive in issue um, of late, um, that was brought on by the FOBTI uh, controversy um, that we um, are more part of the solution to problem gambling than problem gambling itself. Yeah, I think we've had loads of conversations out in the past where I've always said that you guys should hammer that home uh, point home. This is definitely a, a more, more responsible way to gamble. Uh, and it's, you know, obviously become a, a far larger product than when we first talked about this. But I still think there's definitely an area there. But in terms of a lot of the advertising uh London has been obviously a hub for you guys to target, obviously because of the affluent nature of the people that, that live there. But I've also had a lot of followers and people reach out to me uh, from Nottingham straight after you guys partnered up with Forest. So is there a plan to kind of expand around the UK? As, as Akash mentioned earlier, the UK has so much more potential before you guys even start thinking about other territories. I mean, we do do a lot. We do a lot of outdoor in other, um, in other areas. We spend a lot of money outside of, of London. Obviously, we do ITV across all the regions. We do Channel 4 um, across the regions as well. So, um, And, of course, we've done Sky Sports uh, in, in a lot of Sky Sports across uh, the whole of the UK as well. So we're pretty democratic when it comes to covering uh, the regions. Um, I would say. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I look forward to see all the campaigns restarting and I'm, I'm sure your marketing team are, are hard at work at, at trying to make those as, as great as possible. Uh, I've got a question here from Alan Cooper. IPD, so in play dividends, trading seems to be almost a thing of the past since spreads have widened and matching engine has come in at the lower end and it's harder to sell players at profit. So there's been some conversations, Akash and Adam, about the, the lower end of the market having uh, wider spreads, which you might expect considering there's maybe less demand for players uh down there in terms of maybe trying to uh get those spreads tighter is that going to be something that a third party liquidity provider will maybe come in and do a cash or is there another uh idea that you guys have in mind in terms of stimulating that area of the market definitely there'll be market making opportunities down there right so um so we'd like to see that the full three and a half thousand players We'll all have a price to trade and it'll be an attractive spread. We'd love to see that. But it's kind of like, you know, um, we have to find a way that, you know, this liquidity gets spread around. So incentivizing market making, that's definitely an avenue we're going to follow up on and actually get the NASDAQ infrastructure in place and allows us to take the step on that. But um, it might be, and I've had some thoughts on this, right? So these are kind of like untempered thoughts. You know, someone's going to shoot me when I get to the office on, on this thought. But like, I know we want to list four and a half, nearly 4,000 players because we never know when some interest just sparks. You know, you only need a bit of press coverage or some transfer speculation. And suddenly, you know, somebody in the lower echelons on our platform is suddenly the next, you know, interesting trade. So that's why they are there. Um, it might be that we might want to put some on ice for some time and then kind of re-enable re, re them on the platform every now and again. So we might want to think that way um, rather than having like all of our, you know, all of our stock on show and some of it not really interesting. So, I mean, we've got to do some thinking around this, you know, but the, first, but the top 500, the top, you know, are definitely tradable. I mean, we're just, we're, given where we were on the 13th of March, um, the liquidity's come far faster and, and, in, and more substantially than we envisaged. Um, we're going to accelerate that process. We're going to have a lot more liquidity available um, with the LASDAQ launch as well. So um, with that full order book functionality will come much more liquidity. I mean, look forward to it. It's going to be uh, something that I think will be revolutionary. Again, another revolution for the for the product. Go on, the gosh. And uh, I <laughs> in play dividends will be back. I mean, we've got twelve months of football coming. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I just I'd like to say you know it is quite difficult to trade in play dividends yeah. when it's so. There's going to be twelve months of in play dividends now. So you know, bring it on. We've got a last question here from ASP. As part of your PB Matrix review that I think we've talked extensively about in the, in the podcast, do you intend to consult data, uh, well-known data analytics companies such as Statsbomb, SciSport for their feedback? <laughs> well, I do, well, I do say, like, forget, I don't know about those providers at all. Uh, You've caught me on the hop on that one. But I do know that we want to do more hot feeds from Opta at least, right? And that's something we, you know, well, one of the things I do want to see done really well, and we're you know won't be too far away from this, is notifications. Like you know, so what we need from our traders is to switch their notifications on, right? 
And with that comes, we'll tell you when your bid is struck. We'll tell you when your interesting player has done something interesting. We'll tell you when a threshold or a price has been broken through. You know, and if you're following something, we'll tell you what interesting thing has happened on the thing you're following. So, you know, this is the information that people want to have at their fingertips, right? So trading then starts to become more, uh, you know, connected and automated eventually, right? So all these things are going to come together in the end. So, you know, I, you know, I don't think anyone should wait. So they should be definitely downloading the, the you know, running with their mobile app with their notifications on, right? Because these will start coming through. <laughs> well, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, download the download the app and and get the <laughs> get your notifications on. But um, and like it and like it while you're there. <laughs> like it while you're there. Leave a review. Um, I, I suppose that's all we've got time for because uh, we had loads of questions and obviously your your time is limited, Jen. I don't want to keep you here all evening. But um, have you got any final thoughts uh, to kind of share with the community? Any exciting plans that we've not really talked about? Any other business? Um, I think we I think we've probably covered it in all of that uh, Pat, and um, I, I would suggest you take a scalpel to a bit of it and uh, thin it thin it down a bit but I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover today no you you must have cut it with download the app that's the best thing I can say for outside <laughs> all right all right uh, well gents uh, Akash where can people find out more about um, you I tell you what we've got a new marketing director um, Joanna who's joined the Mike's team and she was going to do a bio and I don't know where that's going to go. Probably go, it goes up somewhere. So <laughs> once we know where that bio goes, you can probably just say where it goes. So, so maybe we'll be in touch. <laughs> maybe, maybe this uh, podcast will prompt you to make a Twitter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I've been accused of being a dead man on Twitter. That's true. Right. I'll do it. Uh, and Adam, of course, people can follow you on Adam Cole FI. Is that correct? That's that's the one. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining me, gents. Uh, I really appreciate thanks, it. Thank Pat. you Good so luck. much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks very much, Pat. Thank you very much. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this, please do subscribe, leave a review to the podcast. Remember, Football Index is a gambling platform, as we mentioned many times throughout the podcast. Uh, only bet what you could afford to lose and uh, gamble responsibly. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're commuting, uh, shout out to you guys. If you're not commuting, shout out to the Not Commute crew. Sorry to, to ask all your questions. There was about 200 uh, to pick what I thought was the most important subjects. And uh, yeah, hope you guys did enjoy this. 